you know what? Whether you realize it or not, life is always happening. Sometimes I'm totally clueless. I, like, I'm only aware that life is happening when I get out of my head, look backwards, like, oh, time just passed, whether I was in my phone or on a phone call or frustrated looking for something on the internet. Um, rarely am I lost when I'm out in nature living life, but the reality is that life is happening and we get interrupted, right? Obstacles crop up. Um, maybe that's an implosion in your side hustle or something disrupts your day job, a big challenge, uh, necessitates skipping some sort of creative work for a bunch of weeks in a row. Life happens. Sometimes we can just blink and three months or four months has gone by. And the next thing you're aware of, you like, wait a minute, what am I doing to pursue my real dreams? Right? When did I stop pursuing that? What, how, what happened? If this sounds at all familiar, it's probably time to review what is important to you. And in on the backside of that, how to you know get a new plan in place to help you refocus. Now, I'm trying to be real here in today's micro show because this I'm trying to also signal that this has happened to me. It, it continues to happen to me. And I'm wanting to share a little bit about how I get back on track, how as I've dissected, you know, hundreds of our shows, what do the most happy, successful, fulfilled people, what do they do to get back on track? I absolutely recommend you have a piece of paper or some way to make some notes during this particular show today. Um, so if you're in the car right now or on a jog, do remember to come back to the show, maybe listen to it on 1.5 speed or maybe 2, 2, 2x speed because uh, you're going to want to take some notes. This is trying to be actionable on purpose. So here we go. These are the five steps that I distilled down to get you back on track when you've been derailed from your dreams. Number one, in order to get back on track, I do find it helpful to identify the things that got you off track, first of all. And the reason you want to start there is because you should become aware of the role that these things, whatever they are, they have consequences. There are downside to engaging them and to, or to participating in them or, or even just not being aware that they have the potential to derail you. Um, there's an endless set of distractions in our world today, right? That keep us from chasing the dreams that these are social media. It's, you know, you're binge watching the Netflix special that just came out where you can get every episode for, you know, you can, there's literally 10 hours of television sitting in front of you if you want it. And so it's no wonder that we struggle to focus on what truly matters. You know, we just had a guest, Dr. Anna Lemke on not too long ago. She talked at length about how we are constantly getting peppered with dopamine hits that are the goal of those dopamine hits is to distract us. So if you can acknowledge that there are distractions, it's reasonable to look at the ones that are really derailing you. I recently deleted social media apps off of my phone. I set time limits on others because I found that under the guise of being active on social media, that I was, the time was passing and the price that I was paying was stagnating on my dreams. So number one, identify those distractions. Start with the obvious, right? Make a list of things that aren't serving you. You know the ones that I'm talking about, so write those ones down. Another one you've heard me talk about before, but I think is a, it's very important to get on the list here is audit your calendar. 
If you organize your time with your calendar like I do, which is I think is very effective, then it ends up being a fantastic reference point to do an audit on how you're spending your time. I also, I believe it or not, I do go back and put things on my calendar that I did that may have taken the place of other things. Or if I had a, an hour space between meetings, I'd put something in there. I put in there what I did. This allows me to have an effective audit tool. So regardless of you can use your calendar or if you need to start today and audit your time for the next two weeks, writing down how you spend every, you know, 15, 30 minutes is probably a reasonable marker. What you find out in this audit may surprise you. All right. Also ask yourself the question, what are some things that I generally do to procrastinate? identify ways. We all have them. Some people, you know, go to the fridge for a snack. Other people will take calls or like, oh, what's the thing? I need to make my laundry list of to-dos or my grocery list, or I need to call that friend I haven't spoken to in a long time. Write down the ways that you procrastinate such that you can look at them and become more aware, right? Awareness ultimately ends up being a very valuable tool for this main thing. Number one, identifying the things that are keeping you from your dreams. I also have the benefit of having an amazing life partner in my wife, Kate. And I have, um, having been with her for so long, I can ask her for very heartfelt, earnest questions like, hey, babe, can you give me an outside opinion on what you may be aware of that are things that are distracting me from, you know, my goal, say around fitness or around, you know, work or health or any, any of the things that I may be working on. Asking someone outside of you can help um, give you just a different perspective. Whether this is a friend or a loved one or someone that you live with, a roommate, sometimes it's helpful. Now, it's not always helpful. So you'll have to be the judge of whether this is a real, real benefit for you or not. I asked my wife and she has always provided a ton of value. And okay, let's just assume that you you now have a list of things that are getting in your way from some internal you know, audit and some external questions. This short list of areas that are zapping your time is a great area to now set some boundaries around between yourself and those items is a pain point and the pain is keeping you from your dreams. What are some things that you can do, right? Can you turn off notifications or set specific times that you do to check your phone or social media or whatever your self-care, your positive self-talk, the idea of documenting these things and then making, essentially planting an antidote to the things that are getting in your way is incredibly effective. Now, keep in mind, I do not want this to be complicated. The goal here is to not have a insanely sophisticated list of list of countermeasures that you do every time you open your phone, say, or Instagram pops up or your favorite show comes on. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. Don't try and create a whole new hundred step program to undo the 10 steps that are causing you problems. But I do want you to identify what's procrastinating, what, what, what's getting in your way and make a handful of like, say, three things that you can do to mitigate those particular things. All right, that's thing one. When you want to guard your dreams, number one, identify distractions, make a list of the antidote to those things. What are you going to do to stop letting those things get between you and where you want to go? Number two on the list of five ways to guard your dreams, 
develop a system that will help you stay focused. Now, it's no surprise if you're uh, been around the show at all that I love systems and systemic thinking. It is a lovely parallel to the open feel blue sky creative thinking that you hopefully know me for, but I've trained myself to think systemically whenever possible. And in my book, Creative Calling, I outlined five techniques that help me stay focused. The cool thing is that having interviewed now, you know, whatever a thousand people across the show, it just turns out that a lot of these techniques are used by other people. I have now adapted them. They are the things that I use, but these are also techniques that have been proven winners across hundreds, if not thousands of guests on the show. And so I had the uh, great joy of assembling them in my book, Creative Calling, and I'm now surfacing or resurfacing them if you're not new to the book here uh, in, in today's episode. And thing one under this, again, systemic way of thinking to stay focused, here's five things. Number, th number one, a daily routine. This is this should be simple. I'm not talking about distilling your daily routine to five or 15 minute increments, but having a framework for a day is something that I find incredibly beneficial. This is also true across many of the most high performing humans that I know. Even if this daily routine is a list of four things that you do three at the beginning of the day and two at the end of the day, I don't care what it is. This, this structure helps me and other high performers train their brains to remain focused and productive during set periods. And it's sort of like having a rough roadmap. You know where you're starting. You need to go through this mountain pass and this one in order to get to the destination. Same thinking here. You know that I start my day with a morning routine that includes some you know, exercise and or, or awareness practice. And I also end my day with some deep breaths, a little reflection on my day and you know a couple of things. Whatever your thing is, I'm employing you to establish a daily routine. This is a positive attribute amongst top performers. All right. Thing number two under developing systemic um, frameworks for helping you stay focused. Number two is break tasks into small, more manageable chunks. I call it chunking. I think that's a psychological term that has been uh, attributed to this. This is, so it's not something special. It's not something I made up, but the reality of, you know, the saying, how do you eat an elephant? I, I do not like this visual, but it is one bite at a time. And so anytime you're facing a large product that can be daunting or can paralyze you with, oh my gosh, I don't know where to start. This tends to lead to procrastination. So to overcome this, I try and break things down into smaller manageable chunks that I can tackle in 30, 60, 90 minutes. This allows me to accomplish like something either if not every day, multiple things per day, and it feels like progress. This chunking also uh, combining like tasks also saves me sort of time and switching costs. I find it valuable. I think you will too. Okay. So number two, again, under the ideas of developing systems to stay focused, number one was stick to a daily routine. Number two, smaller tasks. Number three, Hey, those distractions, kind of like the macro point we made in one, what are these things? How can you minimize distractions in this micro, in the day-to-day -day thing? How can you turn off notifications? How can you 
uh, only check email twice a day? How can you zero in on eradicating these little things that are the thief of time? The thieves, 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 these things that steal our day in tiny little increments. They're everywhere. They're lurking. And the cool thing about them is they're equally easily remedied just by turning off notifications, restructuring some, you know, the way your form, you interact with your phone, email, for example, and your food schedule. By just minimizing those three examples, you can minimize distractions, broadly speaking, in a pretty dramatic way. Okay, number four, this is also very structural, setting goals and deadlines. Most people that I know set too many goals, too high with absurd deadlines. And look, I'm all for big thinking, you know, this idea of, well, if you take a 10-year vision, what can and what could you do in six months? I, I like that. That's not the kind of thing I'm talking about right here. How can you uh, structure goals that are clear, have numerical um, attachment, you're grounded in numbers, like I'm going to do 50 push-ups a day, I'm going to you know, write for 30 minutes a day such that doing small, achievable, milestone-oriented, deadline-fixated things, how can you lock those in such that these targets that you have become very clear? How do you make the finish line attainable, real, challenging enough to spark engagement, and yet um, simple enough that you can almost assure that you win? I learned a lot about this when we got a little puppy, you know, just trying to teach a 12 week old puppy to sit and stay when you've, there's all these distractions in the world. The way that you train a puppy is you get it in a very small, quiet place. So there's nothing that can, you know, nothing to distract it. How do you create a very high likelihood that when you say sit, your dog will sit. The same is true for humans. How can you set goals in such a way that you're very likely to achieve them? All right, that's number four under these systemic ways of thinking, setting small goals and tight deadlines. Number five, and the last one under this macro heading, is a technique that I have shared on the show before, but it's important to pull it into today's episode, and that is the Pomodoro technique. Do you know what this is? You probably do if you've heard me talk about it before. If In case you're new, it was a game changer for me in working in small incremental intervals followed by a short break. This, there are, there are things, if you look up Pomodoro technique timers, there are apps that you can use for your phone. Essentially, this is a forcing function to do something with no distractions and then give yourself a break. I think 25 minute increments, 25 minute intervals is a really, really powerful little window. This I do this when writing. Um, I said, okay, cool. Set the clock for 25 minutes. I'm not going to look up. I'm not going to do anything else. Not going to check my phone. Not going to go sharpen the pencil. Not going to go take a piss. I'm not going to do nothing. I'm going to just do the thing at hand for 25 minutes. This allows me to stay focused, to monitor my productivity, delete anything that is in my field of view that could possibly get in the way. And it feels reasonable, right? Then I take a break. Then I go get some, you know, water from the sink or hit the guy's room or whatever I need to do. The Pomodoro technique is worth its weight in gold. All right, then again, 
Number one, identify distractions in the macro sense. Number two, develop systems that can help you stay focused. Number three, find ways that really get you going. Some people would use the word motivation, whether you choose that word or not, because, you know, the secret about motivation is the most successful people. They don't rely on motivation. They rely on calendars and schedules. And if they waited around for motivation in the classic sense, the way that I've heard so many top performers talk about it, they, it was, it's more about discipline than motivation. The one I mean, you know, what I'm trying to get at here with number three, whether this is finding ways to motivate yourself or finding ways to, whether we're talking about, you know, motivation or discipline, the thing here, the, the, the key word here is you find ways that you operate best. You know, it's reality, right? We all need a little push here or when things get difficult or distractions emerge or whatever the thing happens, life happens, right? And this is really where motivation and or discipline comes to bear. Here are four, one, two, three, four ways that you can, you know, integrate this motivation slash discipline. And the first one's a curveball. It's rest. If you're not getting enough sleep, if you're not getting, again, I'm going to reference a, a show from a couple of weeks ago, the Kelly Sturette episode here on, on the, this interview show. Kelly talks about your body needs as a minimum seven hours of sleep. And if you're trying to recover for something or overcome an injury or some sort of deficit that you had earlier in the week or last week, or you're getting over a cold or work is stressful, then you need eight. So the first question I would ask you in ways to sort of motivate and or employ discipline is you need to get rest. This is, you know, uh, a superpower. It's largely been overlooked for decades. And, you know, actually there's a great, a great, uh, another reference I'm going to make to an earlier episode of the show with Amanda Crew. Amanda Crew is an actor. She's on the HBO series Silicon Valley. I love that show. Uh, she has been on twice. Very, very thoughtful, kind, insightful, um, vulnerable, brave human being. Absolutely love Amanda. We go pretty deep on this topic of rest and the idea that we can't produce anything around peak performance 100% of the time. So what can we do is rest and resting allows us to be as successful as we can as large a percentage of time as possible. Uh, there's another quick shot in the arm for learning how to rest, which is a previous micro show called lo and behold, learn how to rest other couple of references for you to go check out there. All right. Ways to, uh, motivate slash, uh, employ discipline on and around yourself. Number one, rest. Number two, do you know what your why is? Are you aware of your why? Now I'm aware that at some point we all feel a little lost or overwhelmed and there's nothing more powerful than reconnecting with your purpose. And I like to have my purpose, my focus, the, the, the number one thing that I'm working on right now written down in lots of places such that when I open my journal or, you know, a note in my top drawer or scribble the top on my desktop or a screensaver on my phone, I make sure that the thing that I'm working on, that remembering my why is, is inevitable, right? Reconnecting with your purpose and your values 
uh, is a very, very powerful mechanism, especially when you're looking for motivation. And I, I continually reflect on the first time I really captured this. It was remembering that when my photography career was getting difficult, that this is when other people quit. And so if I can just push through one more day or one more session or one more getting up early to, to get there before the sun rises, that this is going to be a brick in the wall that helps me overcome, you know, my, my goals, beat my goals, best my challenge to, to become the best photographer that I can. Another good reference here is uh, my dear friend, Chris Gillibo. You're probably familiar with Chris. Uh, he's got amazing, couple amazing classes on creative live. He's written the book called, you know, a hundred startups. Uh, he's got a book called born for this, which does a great job of excavating for people's wise. You probably know the author, Simon Sinek. He really talks a lot about, um, find your why, but I find Chris's work on, on how to discover your calling. Uh, again, that book's called born for this and Hey, look, I'm not going to hesitate to point you to creative calling my book, which is a great way to excavate our internal our guts and our heart and soul to find out our why. So again, this is under the, uh, the topic number three here, finding ways to motivate and or employ self-discipline. And there are four, five of these ones here Four, no, four of these ones. Number one, rest. Number two, find your why. Number three, embrace failures. We've talked a lot about failures on the show. So many people are here talking about how this was difficult, how, um, you know, they lost their job and didn't know their way up and they, or they just declared bankruptcy or there's, a, there's the road to success is paved with bombshells of failure. And I don't think anyone's come on the show and shared their stories of success without also sharing a bunch of hardships. People who have embraced their failures have been able to recover from those failures and build upon them more quickly than those who have hidden them, who've buried them, put them on a shelf, pretended they didn't happen, whatever. Um, of course, it feels bad to stumble. Um, and you know, how you define failures, maybe you don't see them as failures with an F you see them as a stepping stone for success with an S I don't, whatever you, the way that you think about it, just those times when you are feeling beat down and you feel a bit bruised from a string of L's, just remember the episode called success is a low bar that I put out a while ago is an eight minute reminder about how to zoom out to a big picture. And then I would also steer you to uh, a recent Instagram post that uh, where Tim Ferriss is on the show and shared a great little insight of something he called the jar of awesome. And he did so. He was kind of, it was cute. He was kind of like, well, you know, I learned this from my ex-girlfriend and it's a little, it's a little quirky, but a jar of awesome is uh, a jar that Tim has where he writes down a victory, little victories every day on the way to the big victory, right? These are, these are not milestones that are especially memorable. And yet when you write them down and stuff them in a jar, fast forward to two weeks from now, 
when you were really genuinely struggling and you can pull out a few of these um, successes along the way and read them to yourselves, even saying them out loud, it feels actually pretty cool. So again, go check out that previous episode, Success is a Low Bar, and my IG post. This is just pretty simple. There's a picture of old Timbo Ferris on the cover there. I'll link it in the show notes. These ideas are fantastic at embracing combating, but also rather sort of tweaking that to embrace failure. Let bad days happen and use those to motivate and or, yeah, impose a little discipline on yourself in a kind and heartfelt way. Uh, the last one here under that topic of ways of motivating and, and driving discipline on a daily basis is simply to stay curious, right? Cultivating a sense of curiosity and wonder is a magnificent way to, um, to be able to move through life, right? It's not easy to stay curious. We also find, you know, a little piece of cynicism will work its way in or some frustration or some negative energy. This is natural. We're human. If you're feeling stuck though, in the same old routine, think of ways that you could shake things up, seek out some new experiences, Say yes when you normally would say no. Watch a documentary when you would usually watch a comedy. Learn something new. Take a class, even if it's a four-hour class on Creative Live or someone that you follow on the internet. I'm reminded, I can't help but be reminded of this great quote from Wendy Kopp. It's easier to poke holes in an idea than think of ways to fill them. And it's easier to focus on the 100 reasons you shouldn't do something rather than the one reason you should. Therefore, stay curious. This is the punchline, right? A challenge, in case you need one, a hundred reasons why you shouldn't try. Stop blocking yourself with the 100 reasons and instead get going. Curiosity is a fantastic tool to keep you looking at this. Okay then. Again, the we're visiting identifying distractions that keep you from pursuing your dreams. That's the big number one. Number two, developing systemic ways of thinking to stay focused. Number three, find ways to motivate and or drive discipline into your day-to-day. And here we are at number four, create a system of accountability. This, frankly speaking, I'm going to be blunt here. This is where a lot of people stumble. Because what does accountability do? It holds us to task. And we think, oh, I wouldn't want to burden my, I wouldn't want to get an accountability buddy because they're going to know my dreams. And then when I sort of don't show up, they're going to, there's all kinds of, you know, the self-talk, I can already hear it. It's, it's, uh, it's sometimes loud in my head. And I know this is, you know, from talking to, thousands of you out there in the community that this is a an issue for you know again not just me but systems of accountability can be game changers when it comes to achieving your goals um you know these are it's no surprise that it's really easy to be excited at the beginning but staying motivated um and staying um attached to goals and doing what you say you're going to do. This is where confidence come from, right? This is the source of confidence is making promise to yourself and then keeping that promise. That is not insignificant, 
right? That is that is a mechanism by which we generate inertia. And we all know how important inertia is in anything, and especially in achieving our goals. What are some other ways you can give your goals um, life? That is by paying sort of attention and an intention to them. Make them real. Make them known to other people. This is why having a community is such a huge piece of my puzzle, my puzzle for life. This is why 25% of my book, Creative Calling, was dedicated to community. Um, the Amplify section, that last section of the book. Um, and it's not a secret that having other people in your corner, people who care about you and your progress and your work, can make a huge difference. This can be an accountability coach. There are tools that you can use. This can be a friend. Finding a group of people that will hold you accountable, provide a little bit of push, provide some um, enthusiasm when things are flat. I don't care if this is family, friend, coworker, an app, a team, anything. Find a way to have some accountability in your day-to-day. There are all kinds of these things out in the world. You can, you know, even just use the internet more broadly saying tomorrow I'm going to share a picture of, you know, whatever. And maybe you're in Photoshop retouching it. And you, when you've told your, you know, 811 Instagram followers that you're going to do it and you actually do it, not only are you keeping a, a promise to yourself, but you are using some external source of accountability that it turns out is psychologically speaking, pretty valuable. There's nothing, of course, like signing up for a 5K that you haven't trained for, right? This is an example of built-in accountability. Whatever the method, you know, the most effective ones are the ones that are flexible, but do give you some skin in the game. My buddy Timbo Ferris that I mentioned earlier, he talks a lot about having some skin in the game, even if it's money. Turns out that we don't want to give money to a charity that we hate if we don't do something. So setting up some of these, these psychological um, frameworks to help you manage them, it's, it's pretty effective. Once you know what motivates you, again, this can be very personal, you are going to be better able to hold yourself accountable. All right, that's number four. Now, coming in hot here with number five, this is our final, uh, the final core in how to guard your dreams, that is celebrating your wins. Celebrating small achievements is something that is so often overlooked. And I, I admit I am very reluctant to sometimes celebrate small things. And my wife, Kate, on the other hand, she is she gets so much joy out of celebrating anything, any people that it's easy for her. So I often lean on her and say, like, hey, let, what's something we can do, hon? I just hit this milestone or when we hit this milestone or when I hit this milestone with the new book I'm working on or with uh, a new company I'm starting or with anything, can you help me find a way to celebrate? It's a really fun way that Kate and I can interact. And it's notice it's a little bit, I'm employing a system of accountability as well, but it's really important to not ignore the value of celebrating milestones. If we want to guard our dreams, then we must recognize these small wins because it is in winning in small, lightweight ways that we build momentum. Motivation becomes easier. And once momentum plus motivation, it's sort of like that snowball rolling down the hill. 
right? Acknowledging successes, no matter how small, helps us process and keep that mindset that we know is critical for success and fulfillment. When we lift up our heads and we can see our, our wins, the ones that are immediately in our rear view mirror or the ones that are just up ahead or when we experience them, it does actually generate energy in the body. This is why all the jumping around at a Tony Robbins seminar, right? When we can, when we connect emotionally with these wins, it does have the effect of accelerating the next wind. All right. In conclusion, pursuing dreams can be the most rewarding investment in, in our personal human experience, right? Progress is a fundamental um, mechanism by how we internally measure ourselves, whether that's good or bad. I'm not making judgments here. My belief is that even if we are aiming to move towards a more still life, small wins that move us closer to those things are things that are worth celebrating. That can be seen as progress. Now, identifying distractions, creating systems, um, motivating and you know, imp imp imposing some discipline, creating accountability, celebrating, these are all very tactical and actionable steps that any of us can take toward guarding our time and or therefore guarding against missing out on our dreams. Today's micro show ought to be a reminder that when life takes over, and it will, we are not perfect little beings. Life is uncertain. The world hands us curveballs all the time. So what do we do? What can we do to avoid discouragement and move toward action? My hope is that today's micro show following these five steps is a reminder that living your dreams and chasing after the things that you care about most can and ought to be a beautiful piece of this one precious life. Even on the days that life gets wild and everything hits the fan, there's probably something you can do to reorient and get back on track for success. My hope is today's show can help you do that. Until next time, I bid you adieu. All right. Hey, before you go, thanks so much for listening. And if you got value from this show, chances are your community will too, right? In the particular lies the universal. Please share this link to the show with a friend or mention the show on social. That is a huge benefit for us in hopefully in exchange for providing value to you. I want you to know that I really appreciate your time, the attention, anything that you give to the show and the questions that you ask our guests either on social media or through my text community. All of that is pure gold. This community, like any community, is a testament to that old phrase, a rising tide floats all boats. And by elevating one another, by sharing and resharing this show, the tidbits that you learn and the experiences you take away, all of that has a collective, massive positive impact on the world. So just a quick thank you. I appreciate all the effort you put into sharing for this show. All right, that's a wrap. Let's put today's episode into practice and get back to growing together. <music>